How did we get off? Like, how did this happen? Are you talking about a male or female? Oh, but does it matter? Somebody did say to me once, though, you're just like a demon, we just can't call you one. <laughs> <laughs> does it feel like we're just like stretching? Feel like looking for loopholes in a sense. You get demoted, you work your way back up. <laughs> What do you get demoted to? <laughs> Janitor? To a to the <laughs> you're, a greedy, you're on the grading team. <laughs> check, check. All right, guys, let's check in harmony. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome back to our latest Pewology episode. <laughs> I'm not even sure <laughs> what uh, we're going to call this loopholes. This is one of our loopholes episodes. And um, so, around the horn tonight, real quick, we got a big, we got a crowded house. We're in a, a old school reference to 80s bands. Uh, crowded house. Here we go. My buddy Austin, um, they don't get more white than him. And then, uh, <laughs> and then my buddy. <laughs> My buddy Jorge, that's right, man. They don't get more Star Wars than that dude. And then my white brother from DR, uh, my ginger brother with a better beard. uh, That's right. My black brother. Hispanic. Black Hispanic. Black Hispanic. (laughs) Black Glenn. Black Glenn. Black Glenn. (laughs) We got Black Glenn. And then, uh, yes, the ultimate white boy, my (laughs) Justin Bieber. Okay, here we go. Grayson is in the house. All right, so are we good? Yep. All right. So uh, all, um, what do we got? Seven tonight? All seven of us talking this thing through. Let's do this. Okay. So tonight we talked about the doctrine of little gods, the theological doctrine of little gods. You may have not heard of the doctrine of little gods, but this doctrine, simply put, goes like this. Um, You are created in God's image, which makes you divine. And you are, in fact, a little God, little G. And if you are able to access all of the, the power and the meaning and the, the awesomeness of your divinity, then you can walk in a new um, dominion that you can be uh, healthy and wealthy and prosperous and uh, powerful and all of these things that came along with it. And we got to hear some really great articulators of the little God theory. I mean, they are awesome. So I don't know. Uh, let's, let me start out by just asking this question. Um, has the word of faith movement just literally lost their crap? Like, has that happened? (laughs) Does it appear to anybody else that there's like, like literally no one at the wheel? I mean, it appears that way. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yes, yes, it appears. It appears. <laughs> it might appear that way. Never so eloquently. Well, I mean, there is probably no. Um, I, I don't know the figures on this. I'm totally just making crap up as I go along here. Like literally, I'm just wing dinging this thing. Eighty-seven percent of statistics are made up on the. Yeah, I'm made up on the spots. Yeah. 87%. That's a statistic. And 60% of the time, that's true That just came up on the spot, too. Did he say 60? Is 60% that, of the time, that's Anchorman? true every time. Uh, that was definitely increment. Oh, man, it's so good. Okay, um, but I'm just wing-dinging this, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that there is no faster-growing evangelical branch, or maybe I should say that backwards, faster-growing branch of e- evangelicalism than... Um, word of faith movement, and so 
at the same time, when you see it, you're like, whoa. So was word of faith the little God thing? Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a that would be a doctrine inside of the word of faith. And it's also like prosperity gospel, right? This is a little bit of that. Well, there. Well, let, let, let's hold. Let's yeah, definitely prosperity gospel. But it, well, I'm going to get to this in a minute. I know this is. I, I definitely yeah. I want to throw this in here. But there is a definite. Like I didn't get to this tonight because I didn't want to like freak everybody out and we didn't have time. It was already eight o'clock. <laughs> but there is a definite outworking of this little God doctrine in Mormonism and in the J Dubs. Like I mean, it is bizarre once you get to those groups. I, I like how. They're the J Dubs. Yeah, that's that's yeah, you know. No, as you were that's saying, my boys. as you were saying your 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 makeup statistic, <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? But then, as I'm saying, really, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that you know, we the the fastest growing would be the one that's you know putting so much emphasis on yourself and calling yourself some little god, you know. Yeah. In this culture of self, uh, I would think that um, I guess it makes sense. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I living color song called personality, and that was in the nineties. <laughs> Twenty years removed, and the, how much more now? <laughs> okay, sorry. Copyright. I don't remember all the words. He copyright. <laughs> he he literally just went cult of what? <laughs> oh my <laughs> guys I play Guitar Hero Jesus. <laughs> I play Guitar Hero <laughs> I have an Xbox ah, I play so GTA 5 that's so great oh man did you just abbreviate Col- G- GTA 5 Col- did you just abbreviate yeah. Guitar Hero? No. no, no, no. Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto. GTA? Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the game where you steal cars and beat up people. My, my, How the tables have turned. My son my son was over. Back. I know. My son was over at the house the other day, and uh, I was. He, he's, he's obsessed with shoes. Like, Shoes might be his god, right? He's a sneakerhead. Oh, he's a sneakerhead. It's a ridiculous, right? And he's like, bro, you have no idea the money this guy spends on shoes. It's ridiculous. And so um, I pulled up this pair of shoes that I was like, I said, oh, you know what? I, f- I found a pair of shoes today on Instagram I really liked. I, I was thinking about getting these. It's like this, like they have all these Instagram shops that are not like like yeah. Adidas or uh, they're just like some name you've never heard of, but like, some of these cool shoes are really cool, right? And I was like, hey, what do you think? And he goes, yeah, it's totally 40. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, looks like something 40-year-old would wear. And I was like, what? Like, you got what? owned in 3D. I was like, what kind of comment is that, bro? Um, He's aging you out. I uh, know. Mm-hmm. It's ageism. It's not right. <laughs> it's ageism. It's not right. And it's not <laughs> fair. That's a thing, by the way. It is a thing. Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. All right, back to the thing. So... <laughs> Where were we? Cult of personality? I don't know how we got up. I was just saying that I was acknowledging that, you know, I, I could yeah. see how that's the fastest growing, you know, since it's kind of centered on itself. But then you were addressing, I think, maybe... The J-dubs. A, the J-dubs yeah, and the yeah, Mormons. Saying, yeah. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Have you guys seen this stuff? Have you, have, are you familiar with, like, the uh, the Mormon take on this? Oh, yeah. No. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've talk, I've been talking to a couple of Mormons for the past few months. I actually had dinner with them. Really? And uh, I've been, more. I've been, well, I've been wanting to, uh, you know, just kind of like give them the gospel because I feel like they believe in the wrong Christ and all that kind of stuff. So I just, um, I brought them into the house. I, I went to Chipotle with them a couple times and um, we even talked about the little gods thing. 
And uh, I was like, dude, we got I got a problem with the because they're asking me, what do you have a problem? Why do you why do you not like Mormonism? And I was like, okay, well, Jesus and Satan are brothers. Um, I have a problem there. Um, and they're like, we'll get around to that. I'm like, okay. Uh, but then, we'll get around to that. Yeah, I bet you. Yeah. And, well, and then I was like, okay, you also think that there are there is more than one God? And then he's like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I quoted the Shema. Yeah. And I was like, what do you have to say about that? They're like, well, and they quoted Psalm 82. 82. And I was like, well, and I said what you said. I was like, hey, it's a song. Like, you can't get doctrine out of a song. And it doesn't make any sense. And he's just like, well, it's fine. Jesus says it too. And I forgot that that was a quote that Jesus said from Psalm 82. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, you got me, but uh, you know, because at the time I was just. But now you're gonna get back well, at them. Yeah, like, my next God. conversation will be like, "Yeah, you already oh, sent yeah. him a text. You sent it up right. <laughs> Chipotle tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Chipotle tomorrow." <laughs> but yeah, they 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 are obsessed with that. Same and time. I'm like, place. dude, that that sounds very self centered. Like it's all focused on you. I don't know if the rest of these guys know, but like when when I'm they not say, aware, no. yeah, when they say like when the Mormons think this thing through, so. um Adam, they think of Adam as a divine, as a god, mm-hmm. right? He's the he actually in, in some sects of Mormonism is the creator god, right? And he's and that everybody who's made all of us are divine, and as we make this connection and this realization and put our faith, yada yada yada, we will one day too be governing planets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, you get your own planet, yeah. So well, that's a little also, like like uh, Dianetics. Uh, yeah. L- yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. The yeah. beacons yeah. and all that stuff yeah. and the sci-fi stuff. Yeah, that's a little more alien-based. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, kind of the same thing. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also said that uh, wow. Adam and Eve, like, committing sin was a blessing. Yeah. And I was like, huh? <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. Sin's a curse. That, that's not a good thing. And he uh, he's like, no, no, no. It, it's because we became like gods. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're so messed up in your theology. So, you know, we've been having fun conversations back and forth about this. Wow. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was just, so off kilter. I, I thought yeah. the most off kilter thing was the fact that they, what, what is it, that John something found a, something a about the forest plates the in angel. Utah or something yeah, like yeah. that. No, no, no. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Jo- you're thinking of <laughs> the Joseph forest Smith. Asia. Well, I think what you have to remember is that, you know, you got Joseph finding these. Joseph. T- an American guy. Tab- right? Joseph found Smith. like a tab. Yeah. The Joseph tablets. In his backyard. But the, ja- the tablets ultimately get turned in, um, ultimately get turned into Mormonism, and then that's yeah. the story of Jesus coming to America. Ask them about the bunches of wives. Kind of like the movie. Kind of like the movie. <laughs> oh no, I did. did My yeah. dear sweet brother. No, no, My dear sweet sorry. brother. That's the wrong. That's the wrong movie. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, but wrong movie. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but that I mean, that's just one form. Uh, this whole little gods thing. Anytime it shows up. You can just trace it back to some real problems. You know what I'm saying? Don't mind it. We're we're we're, we're recording this on a playground. <laughs> <laughs> the squeals of Don't children. Don't mind the, in the squeals background. of children in the background. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so it's a it's a weird thing. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, is that the first time you're hearing that? Like the whole? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never I've never heard. It. I I know Mormonism is like you know you know yeah. kind of an odd Crazy. thing, but yeah. yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, these are, I'm, I'm I'm learning things here. Yeah. Well, not all of them are polygamy. Yeah, not all of them. But I think if you're going to be a Mormon, why you not? You might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I kind of, go all in. I kind of feel like... <laughs> you, you, you. Well, uh, Come back to my quarters. Oh my yeah. Like, yeah. I, well, Anybody that's married would tell you that that's not a perk. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> telling you what to Testify. do. Testify. <laughs> 
having a bunch of people telling you what to I do. I can't keep one happy. Yeah. I can't imagine. Exactly. <laughs> those poor guys trying to keep, and I don't mean just like well, Look at Sister Wives. You'll, you'll get a glimpse into yeah, it. Yeah. My, my wife I went ahead and watched that for a couple of um, episodes. The and, Sister Wives. And yeah. that was pretty eye-opening. Yeah, the, the, the latest thing with the with the, the family getting shot down there, that was a polygamous family yeah. oh, in really? Mexico. Yeah. Oh, really? In yeah, Mexico. I don't know if you guys heard that story. Yeah, yeah. Mexico. There's a, a group of Mormons that got caught up in a drug problem down in Mexico. They weren't involved in the problem. They just got caught up oh, in like okay. a drug war kind of thing. And, and the, some of the drug lords thought they were a part of this group. And so they shot up their cars and killed like, I don't know, 13, 14 of them, something like that. It was something yeah. crazy. Don't it's quote it. me on that, but it was something nuts. No, it, it's, a bunch it's of kids like died. It's like out, a whole yeah. family. Yeah, three, three of the wives and like, I don't know how many of the kids died. The polygamous thing is very hot with the Hispanics. Just the other wives don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my my God. (laughs) You're saying they're undercover Mormons. (laughs) Let the record show that was from one of the resident Hispanics podcast. I mean, you have to give it up. Here's the thing. When conservative Christians hear about anything sex-oriented, we think just about the sex. You know what I'm saying? We boil everything down just to the act. And so you don't think, I mean, you got to give it up to these Mormons, these polygamists. They're actually supporting all of these wives and kids and like, and and they have to deal with all their emotional baggage. And pro- I couldn't even imagine. I mean. That's tough. I mean. <laughs> that's tough. If God gives anybody a What's pass, happening right now? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it up for these guys. I mean. I'm just saying. What, what is it? I'm I mean, saying, I mean, good for them. It's not as easy. Good I mean, for like, them. let's just have a quick round of applause. <laughs> Maybe a prayer. I'm just saying. They're more in need of that. All I'm saying is, we like guys. Like you get a bunch of guys through, yeah. and we go, yeah, yeah, they're having sex. Blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> how much? Uh, how much guys, uh, who who here is not? Like, you're the only one not married. Everybody yeah. here that's married. How much time of of the actual day in the actual week in your marriage do you actually spend doing it? Right, all the time. Oh, shut no. up! Oh, I'm just saying it's minute. Doing it, it's meaning minute. The work that you have to do at the house. Yeah. All how the much? Time. How much time do you have to fill that honeydew list? Right. I mean, gee, many Louise. I can't well, even imagine what those guys are going again? through. It's like it's, yeah. But, no, no. I was gonna say, are, are we are we creating a new show tonight? <laughs> it's like those. Guys, is this it's a like, new show tonight? It's like those guys signed up for for, for for abuse. It's like they're gluttons for punishment. Yeah, it's masochism. It's masochism. It's a Mormon masochism. It's a Mormon masochism. Eminem. I mean, it kind of is. They have to go out in the hot sun in those white shirts. Yeah. And, and I mean, ride around in on. bikes and those bike helmets. helmets. I mean, oh come on. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Now, look. As we, we speak, Goffman is questioning his decision to move to the <laughs> As a disclaimer, a as a disclaimer, I would like to say that you know not all Mormons are polygamous. We do realize that we're not idiots over here, but for those that no, no, are, no, no, no. we are idiots. <laughs> for those that are, it's disturbing. I mean, those guys have made a choice that makes no sense in life. There's no reward that would that would make that worth it, right? So, little gods. Okay, back to it. Right. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, okay. To segue. When you get back to the subject at hand, right, the little God thing, um, do you recognize the problem with this? Do you see the the, the issues at play with this? Or are you just kind of look at it and go, eh, I don't think it's that big a deal? It's a huge deal. Yeah? Yeah. Like 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 I was saying, it's it's the one guy, you know, that's what jumped out of it. He said a ton of stuff that didn't make sense to me, but the the, the one that, like, you you lost me right there. When he said that, you know, Jesus is 
One of many. No, no, that Jesus is one of many. He was just the first. We're all the same thing as Jesus was. He was just the first one. There's nothing that sets him apart. There's no mention of his divinity. We're just like him, according to what this guy was saying. Right there, I was like, I don't care what else you say. You lost me. Yeah. So that's a big deal. I think it's in our core as humans to do that, and it doesn't have to necessarily be that. I think if you look at the center of any type of uh, of religion or, or belief system, you know, even in Christianity, you have people con- that we continue to make it about us. So it's no longer what Christ did on the cross. It's now look what he did in my life and look how good I am now. So it's it, it doesn't surprise me to see that. I never heard it quite like that. Uh, did, what I did hear is I, ha- I do have a, a you know, a f- friend that doesn't believe that Christ is like, you know, is like like you're saying, like little G. Like God is big and then Christ is, you know, like his understudy or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I've heard it like that. But it doesn't surprise me at all because that's what, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we always bring the focus back to ourselves. And yeah. that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so th- let's, let's, let's pause on that for a minute and hit the practical, right? So what's the practical? Let's say... Um, what's the negative practical, like on the ground problem or issue that arises if you start believing this stuff, you start holding on to this very, um, um, kind of twisted version of the truth. Like what happens? Well, I think the, one of the main problems that I see with it is anytime that they associate any type of success is it's, it's, it's that they associate being blessed with good things. So if my life is going well, I have a good job, I'm successful, I make like it, it almost always seems like that's the measurement for it. Living their best life. Living now. their best life now, that's right? That's why that, that's that's one of the big things that I know is like you're not taking any of that stuff t- for you. Like okay, so God is giving you the power for you to be able to earn all these things that when you die you're not taking with you. There's, there's no logic behind that. Mm. You know, and the process of that, you know, you work a bunch of hours so you leave your family behind and Wait, what happened? He's just squeaking on his chair. Oh, you know, but, but, you know the, the amount of time that goes into like you know working and and all this stuff, and then you, you don't spend time with your family. You 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 take away from all these things that you should be cultivating because that's really what you leave behind. Okay. You know, to amass success, you know, um, fame, whatever it might be, money. But at the core of it is like you're not really in in connection with people, and 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 you lose track of what's really important. I think more than that, it's elevating yourself to a status and bringing God down several notches. Yeah. 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 And I think even if you just take like, if you take the whole like spiritual aspect out of it, if you take like the whole like, this is not like about Jesus, but just practically, I feel like is tiring. Like the amount of work, because because that's essentially what it is, is that if you if you do the right things and you hit the right path and you and you spend the right amount of time doing this list of things that um, whatever that worship looks like, you know, if, um, seeking the Lord, um, then you can attain some higher level of divinity for yourself. Just to me, it just sounds extremely tiring. Just it's so much work, and uh, you begin to rely to only have to rely on yourself. Um, yeah. To become, I, I think that's a, another big part of it. I think that type of thinking centralizes everything on yourself now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the no ne- reliance. What's, the, what's the negative of this? You, what's the negative of that? How does that work out? Like, why? Why is that so bad? Like, depending on. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it's, you're not wrong. I'm saying you're right. 
But why? Why? What, what happens practically if you start thinking about yourself above everything else, right, in your spiritual life? What's the negative of that? Because that's true. Normally that's viewed as like, in the world, that's viewed as like what you should do. Yeah. So like the negative. Yeah. What's the negative? For, I mean, have you, you know what I'm saying? I'm asking you personally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like um, self-idolatry. You okay. know? Um, but, everything. but what happens? Why is it bad? Because we shouldn't be relying on ourselves. We shouldn't be putting trust or faith in ourselves because we have been proven time and time again to disappoint ourselves, even with things that we said that we wasn't going to do. So why are we going to go ahead and put these heavy, weighty things like universal truths and meaning and purpose in life and your position in the heavenly kingdom why are we going to go ahead and put that on ourselves when we have a savior, when we have a God who's calling us and, and tugging us, asking us to enter into fellowship with him so he can show us those ways. We can't show them to ourselves. I think, I think you're nailing it. I, let me, let me take, I agree. But, 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 but let me ask you, like, so let's go around the table here. Cause I think you nailed it. I don't even think he realizes how much you nailed it. I'm not even sure you realize how much you nailed it. Like, What's the negative effect? I knew I nailed it. <laughs> what's the negative effect? Like, okay, so what's the negative effect of putting too much focus on on us? This this doctrine where we 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 elevate ourselves and 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 somehow lower God. What's, you, the, what's the negative? Not, you stop feeling like you need a savior. Place. You stop feeling like you need a savior. You feel like you got it, yeah. and you stop feeling like you need that savior that is what saves you. Right, you diminish the the divinity of Jesus. Like, what? Why do Why do you need that? Like, why do you need Jesus? Why do you need His death on the cross? Why do you need shed? But like, why do you need any of that if you can like obtain that and you can reach this higher divinity? Then you don't you don't need that. You're self sufficient. Also, whenever whenever I've done something for myself, I've always like failed at doing it. Whenever I do it for somebody else, then normally I'm more likely to achieve it. Like, mm. like if I'm trying to get in shape for myself. Normally, I'll also eat a cheeseburger for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> if, I'm trying, if I'm trying to get in shape, so reward. Like, it's your reward. We, if we, I'm to get in shape, like let's say somebody in my family has like a health issue and they can't eat a certain thing, then I won't eat it with them. I'm more likely to not eat it with them Ooh, than to do it just by myself. So we call this episode Wednesday night because you just had a cheeseburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now think about the dynamic here, what you guys are saying, because this is really, I don't know if you see it, but this is really powerful, right? And, and Glenn kind of laid into it here. At the very heart of this thing, it doesn't, if you really were honest with it, there, there is no visible, like even maybe what you would experience negative, right? And I think that's what makes this particular theology so crazy and so negative and so like dangerous. heretical and dangerous right mm -hmm. it's because what happens is if you believe it well nothing really negative happens what ultimately happens is you're slowly replacing the true god of the universe with yourself you just don't notice it mm -hmm. yeah do you see what i'm saying and you don't it's like the tide you get washed out in the tide you don't even you don't even notice it and all of a sudden you, you, you're, you're like, I, I wish I could have showed you guys this other video of, I mean, of, of Paula. She's, I mean, the things that she says about being the, 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 the spiritual advisor, now to the president, it's almost like, well, I mean, of course I'm divine. Of course. I mean, whatever I say goes, of course, whatever he says goes. And there's this, there's this assumption of like this, like level of power and importance of our own lives that, 
is so distant from the scripture. You know what I'm saying? It's so distant from like, we're just dust in the, you know, the, we're jars of clay, as Paul would say, you know, like they're just- Tears and rain. I'm just like, oh my God. And so the negative, in fact, here, let me give you one more step. It's not even that there's a negative. In fact, this belief may actually lead to a worldly positive. Meaning that the focus on you might bring about some temporary good things for your life in the here and now. Well, that's the whole danger to this. That's what I'm saying. This is what will always happen. Right. There will always be a temporary benefit like right. all sin is. Yeah. There'll be a temporary enjoyment. Yeah. But um, there's nothing long term here. Yeah. That's, I mean, think about that. Think about how crazy that doctrine is. So now you've got a doctrine where the results... It's not like, I mean, think about it. Okay, let's say we change the doctrine to like you can, you know, if we told, start t- teaching Sunday school kids, they could rob, right? Yeah. They go out, they're going to get arrested, right? Okay, that's going to happen. There's going to be a negative consequence. It's going to be immediate. It's going to be bad. They're going to learn from it. It's, it would be, that's why it doesn't happen, right? But this, the consequences don't happen. There isn't anything glaringly like to keep you to go, oh, this is crazy. I guess we shouldn't have done that. In fact, the consequences are you might experience gain. some yeah. earthly gain. Here and now. <laughs> wow. This, I ain't, this, ain't, this ain't all there is. <laughs> I know. This ain't all there is. And but yeah, so, it's, it's that focus on Yeah, and so that's why it fits space. so well with prosperity, teacher. Sure. That's why it fits so well yeah. with prosperity. That's why it fits so well with health and clothes. That's why it fits so well with name it, claim it. That's why it fits so well with all of this, like... Speak it into yeah, existence. Well, yeah. What, what gets me about it is, you know, what, what, what about Jesus and the disciples? Dudes were straight up poor. Right. They're most cursed. of them, most most of the disciples died awful deaths. Yeah. You know they weren't. I mean Martyred. they weren't. They weren't riding around in the best camels. You know, and, and that's what uh, I mean. you see. You see time and time <laughs> no again examples of rich people who he's saying, "Yo, get rid of everything." So if he's telling people to get rid of the things which this current philosophy is telling you to try to attain for, they gotta be some type of warning flag there. You know. Jesus is telling rich rulers, go sell everything. Come follow me. Not the things in this world, but follow me. And now with the way things are going, it's seeing like, hey, you know what? To get the things of this world, do this, that, and the third. And you're going to go ahead and get these things. It's a, it's a very big disconnect there, you know? And I think it's very dangerous and will lead a lot of people astray if you don't pay attention. Because um, earlier today when you was going through walking through the scripture, I saw how easily you can go ahead and get caught up in that if you're not aware mm-hmm. of the context of the scripture and exactly where it was coming from. That that was that was a very good point you made. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's shift gears to a real practical thing because um we got seven here tonight and five of you are parents, your dads. So how do you instill within your kids and your family and your home, wives, like everything. How do you instill like a gospel-centered family and not this kind of like inflated view of self, inflated view of like our own importance, entitlement, whatever words you want to, it comes out in a bunch of different ways. And it doesn't always have to start with little God's doctrine. I mean, we kind of, I I mean, it's kind of like what the gospel of America, right? Everybody's more important than mm-hmm. they are. So, like, how do you keep that from happening in your homes? Oof, that's a tough one for me. I have a lot of different ages 
group. So, you know. Bro, please. Who are you talking to? Yeah. So, like, so I don't. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. And, and circumstances and everything. So, I think the, the, the little ones don't, you know, they, they come to church and they say what, what they feel. But at this point, it's the faith that we've taught them since little. It's still, I think it's fair to say, and, and this might even go for the teenagers themselves, that they're still at the point where they're practicing the faith that was bestowed upon them or taught to them is still not 100% their faith that they're reaching out. You know, like there's still that process where where they're like, okay, I, like where they start like navigating through it and getting closer to God themselves. And it stops being like just what you hear at church and being able to say the right things. Like you could sit them down and they could say the right thing and they get some stuff because I have conversations with them, uh, especially like um, Brandon and Elizabeth. Um, but there is a lot that they don't, that the, at least the little ones don't understand. And I think that that's okay. You know, I think there's going to be a journey where they're they're not going to understand all of it. Like Elizabeth has been in, in, in a Christian school her whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a very, doc, you know, doctrine, like heavy, you know, rules, do this, do that. You can't do that, like, you know, um, but she's been coming here since she's very little as well. So, you know, she's got a good grasp of, of, of biblical knowledge, uh, but she's still navigating through it and trying to figure out what does it mean to her? What does her relationship looks like? You know, and I think Brandon is the same way where he's a teenager. You know, they go to schools where, where you know, it's it's just so much going on that we kids. Oh man, I, it's crazy. Yeah, I kind of, I, I tend to just, you know, I talk to them and, and they know what I stand for and what I believe. And, and I, I always tell them to like, you know, like what we talked about and keep the focus on Christ, keep the focus on Christ. And you know, but it's they're you kids. send a kid on a bus to a public school today. You, it's you're just like, bro, you send your kids you're sweating it the whole time, aren't you? Itself, and I it's mean, it they go just, to. Let me tell you a story. Okay, oh, well, so um, <laughs> my son went to private school until he went to middle school because I took him out. I didn't want him to get too bubbleized, and um, he had a too first soft. day in public school. He went on the bus. This guy came back looking bewildered, like he went into the twilight zone. He was like, what is going on? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, they're all crazy, dad. They're all crazy. That was all he said. He didn't go into two, he just said, what do you mean? He was like, they're just, they're crazy. And I was like, it's a culture shock. But I think he needs that because... There's a double-edged sword. You know, you want to have your kid have biblical knowledge and a foundation growing up and having these things encountering life, but you don't want them so ethereal-minded that they're earthly useless. All they're talking about is heavenly things. That's a t-shirt. And people's trying to, you know, we're trying to pay bills, keep credit right. We're trying to make sure we got financial things in order, responsibility, things of that nature. And also the social um, hardships with broken people. You know, there's there's people who don't have courtesy and morals and um, character, and he has to get used to being in that now, because it could end up biting him down the line if he gets exposed to it too late. You know, if he gets exposed in college, maybe, and and now I have no real control over him, and he could just completely wild out. Yeah. You know. So um, I think it's a tight line. You have to definitely go ahead and enter this thing with our kids with humbleness, with them, meaning you let them know. I tell my kid all the time, hey, kid, don't, you know I messed up, right? Like, yeah. don't, 
Don't come looking for me like I'm going to be the all authority. I'm going to piss you off. I'm going to maybe make the wrong call, but just never doubt that all of his intended isn't done from love for me, you know, because I don't got it all together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, that's good. Yeah. And and the second thing besides um, humbleness, gratitude, you got You got to let them know that you're grateful for them. Mm. So many times we take. Did you just. Did he, did, what what was that? An amen fart? Like what were you doing out there? That was a, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> what on earth? But, but I'm saying we got to give value to our kids, you know, and let them see that we value. They have to hear it from us that we value them. You know, we have to tell them they're smart. They, you know, we're always quick to correct. Like you said, we're quick to correct the kids. We're quick to go ahead and give them punishment. We're quick to show them what's wrong and why they did it. But we need to also go ahead and praise them for what they're doing right. How they're making strides. How they're improving because encouragement goes a long way especially when it comes to one of your parents you know so that's just me yeah i i I completely agree with this and and so you know we've been here we we started this uh podcast and we've been gathering some some form of this group and many other groups at this church have been gathering to kind of talk through issues and and a lot of our issues center around the, the the understanding of the gospel of grace the understanding of the message of the gospel that paul articulates um and it would be really sad. It would be just really sad if this was just a thing we came and did and just did a, a, a mental intellectual jumping jacks. Mm. Like you've got to figure it. Da- the dads in this room and this and the to be dads later down the road and the husbands, and the, the husband without kids and the, the guy who will get a girlfriend at some point. Now, all that, like, I'm sorry, you got somebody, but it's good. I won't put too much pressure on that. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. Um, but all of that, if you can't translate that into figuring out how to lead your home with grace, yeah. then this has just been a joke. So, like, if you can't figure out, if, if your kids get to 18 and they're aging out of your home and they haven't seen and, mo- and, and you haven't modeled grace for them, yeah. if they haven't really done some stupid things and you haven't really lavished them with love in the midst of some real brokenness in their lives, then what are we doing here? Because how are they ever going to learn the message of grace unless they see it from you that you're their first messenger of this? Like it'll, it'll be on you to figure this out. You know? So, um, real quick, let me just give you one quick example because we got to wrap it up for tonight. But you know, one of the things I've encouraged you guys with dads with on this is like, Think about making this practical and think about making an object lesson, right? So I'm just saying, you don't have to do this now, but I'm just saying. And no you pressure. You know, not, no pressure. But I'm used to thinking about this a lot this time of year. Um, so we got all these things that we're doing. We're, we're doing blankets. We're canned food drive. We're, you know, we're going to feed the homeless. We're doing haircuts and medical days and all these kind of things going on. We're, take, we're, we're, yes. we're providing shoes for the kids at the at the with the home shelter across the street and all that kind of stuff. Don't just do it. Invite your family into the process. Help help them understand it. Like literally we've gone to our kids before and we said, Hey, would you guys be willing to set something aside that we would normally do so that we could do this together? And let them see you extending grace and mercy and love to somebody else. Because if they don't see it from you, how are they ever going to be people of grace and mercy and love? You know what I'm saying? How are they ever going to be givers? And and one thing we got to be careful of is to be, the the person that we we're trying to be in public and then in the household you are something else because the kids see that too. Yeah. Well, but the and, and what what you're saying also gives them a sense of perspective. 
The world doesn't revolve around you. You are not a little god. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're supposed to be sharing, you know, yeah. yourself with others and and, yeah. and and the God working through you and showing him sh- him showing your mercy, his mercy through you should prompt you to be that that should ooze out of your pores i mean like you should be giving it out also so get some perspective about yourself Mm -hmm. and maybe you won't fall into that trap of being a little god because you'll know you're you're not you fall you fall way short of that it does stay with them Mm. because we did i think it was like two years ago we did the the i mean we we've done it a lot of years but we did the the turkey that we were bringing it down and kiara was little and she still talks about it all the time she's like can we go again and do that like she's yeah yeah. That's powerful. Have you had have you had your boy out to the homeless mission before? Have I seen that? Yeah. 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 See, I think that's the kind of thing. Dad's got to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to take the kids. You got to get them out into these environments, and you got to go, look, we're doing this for a reason. We're going to do it together. We're going to labor a little bit today. It's the right thing. Let me ta- let me talk to you afterwards about it. How did you feel about it? Let's, let's, let's think about this, right? Yeah. If you're ever going to lead the next generation to become true and committed followers of Christ, it won't be because you had all the right doctrines. Yep. Or you sat around talking about like how accurate theology was. Yeah, a hundred percent. They're going to be like, "Thanks, I got to college, and my English professor told me that uh, the Bible was written by one guy in the seventies or something." And that they're going to check out, man, because they're not going to have any connection, dark connection to it. The gospel was not taught to be known. The gospel was taught to be lived out, yeah. applied. Another T-shirt. A big, a big difference, you know. A big difference. I agree. All right, we got to wrap it up for tonight. I love you guys. Mean it. See ya. Bye. Peace. Peace.